Hello, hello, and welcome into Cash Considerations presented by the Full Tilt Dynasty Network up here also on the True North uh, Fantasy Football channel. I'm joined by a special guest today to do some best ball talk, some strategy talk, and then eventually draft the best ball mania team with one of my favorite uh, minds in the industry and a really uh, sharp and devoted, uh, shall we say, best ball player, um, Pat Rain from NBC Sports Edge. How are you doing today, Pat? Doing good. Yeah, excited to talk some best ball and draft the team. Awesome. Um, how uh, I know we've all been doing Scott Fishbowl for the last uh, week, and I think generally people uh, are tired of hearing about us self-indulging about our Scott Fishbowl teams, <laughs> but I only did it yesterday, so I haven't had the chance to self-indulge about mine yet. Um, how's, how's your draft been? Have you been getting all your guys? Yeah, it went pretty well. Uh, I had the 105. I got Mahomes. Same. Uh, I got Jamar Chase coming same, back. Oh, nice. The part. <laughs> I had the 105. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had Jamar Chase coming back, got Trey Lance, and then uh, hammered. Oh, I got Aaron Jones and Waller, and then hammered wide receiver for a while. Wait, you got Trey Lance at the 308? Uh, I did, yeah. I, I couldn't even draft Trey Lance at the 208. He was cut at the 204. <laughs> I was so sad. I had a really nice oh. run where I was, able, I was able to get Jamar Chase, still get Lance, then get Aaron Jones, and then still get Waller in the fifth. Oh, my um, God. So that was, that was pretty nice value, and then... Allowed me to build out uh, four show wide receivers, and then I have like Pollard, Rashad White, Alexander Madison, Isaiah Spiller as my other running back. Sides Jones, just like all upside cracks. And then uh, since then, I went away from running back, grabbed a couple wide receivers and a second tight end, and I'll probably grab some running backs to close it out. Your your build sounds very similar to mine, but just at much better prices. Uh, is essentially what I'm hearing. Like um, I could, I so I went Kyler the 105, Mahomes went. Of course, um, I was pretty surprised that I couldn't draft like anyone that I had hoped. I was hoping to get Andrews or Pitts or Lance. Failing that, I would get Jefferson or Chase, and then they were all mm-hmm. gone. So I got Cooper Cup, which was like, oh, uh, I guess a nice he, value. He was the one one. He was the one on one in our league. Wow, big big value hound then with big Cup. value, yeah. Uh, and then um, yeah, and then I went. I got Kittle because Waller was like already gone, and I was like, there's no chance I'm leaving without a tight end. So I took Kittle in the third. Came back with uh, Javante as my anchor running back. And then we we lived in the wide receivers for a while. We ended up adding Higgins, Deontay Johnson. Uh, we got uh, Jerry Judy. Chris Godwin was in there. And then uh, nice. then we got – this was like the Pat Corain All-Stars run from 10, 11, 12. We got Traylon Burks, round 10. Sky Moore, round 11. Paul Jones, mm-hmm. round 12. And then Rashad White, oh, I like 13. That, that was – that was that was really where we found our our brand equity right there. <laughs> Rojo went really early in mine, like to the point where I was like, "It's a little a little early for Rojo." Oh, boy. <laughs> I like, I gotta, yeah, I gotta find where he went. Uh, but I oh, I also geez. got yeah he went in the tenth. Um, okay, which so, is so, so round like before I took I him, guess. or two yeah. rounds before I took him actually. Never mind. Uh, I got Jamie after drafting Rojo. Again. Wow, that's a deal. Jamie, yes, we're drafting again. We're going to we're gonna have a quick little chat here about portfolios and exposures for about 20 minutes or so, and then we're going to draft. I would say I'm aiming for a 9.30 Eastern time draft start. It's going to be Best Ball Mania, so there's no link. Um, I will hover over the draft button for like five seconds, and then I will enter it. You never know for the 12th team to enter. You might get screwed, but uh, hopefully I'll be, be in there early enough that it'll be fine. Um yeah, let's talk. Let's talk best ball, which is what what this show is. Um, 
in terms of building out your portfolio, I know you've been doing the barbell. So this is like kind of in the middle of that. Um, but where have you generally been with your portfolio? Particularly, I've been fascinated by this idea of like, should we just be zeroing players entirely out of our portfolio? Is that irresponsible? Or with only so many bullets, like, do we need to zero players out to create our ability to sort of build sub portfolios almost around each of our big stands? Um, are you taking many stands like in the negative direction, especially in early rounds where you're just hard, hard fading certain guys, or are you taking pretty much anyone of value? I am. So it's like, I am taking hard stands, but partially because certain guys like never fall. So like, for example, like Nick Chubb, I don't take much, uh, where he tends to go. But sometimes Chubb I've, will fall to I've like, seen you draft Chubb like a lot, actually. So I think this is a lie. I feel like <laughs> well, I, feel no, like it's I true. keep seeing these Chubb 311 teams on you. <laughs> well, Chubb 311 teams for sure. But like that's yeah. because like that exists with Chubb. That doesn't really right. exist with like Fournette. Like I've yet to see. Maybe it will now that he weighs like 260 pounds or whatever. But uh or did at one point. But like, you know, if he if a guy like has a really tight range of where they're drafted and I don't love the ADP. And it's the early window. I, I think I'm okay right. not drafting that guy a lot, partially because I'm like, um, like with Fournette and uh, you know the guy, basically like the non-chubs, the guys who never kind of fall to that late third where I can scoop them at a value and get exposure that way. Mix in Mike Evans. Mike Evans is like moving yeah. up. Like I didn't like him when he was going at like the 208. He's like the 203 sometimes now. So. Yeah, this is a terrifying one for me. I've drafted 112 teams and I looked today. I have zero Mike Evans and I wasn't aware that I had actually zero Mike Evans. And that that scares me a little bit, but that is unfortunately the case. Yeah, the Mike Evans one and the Mixon one as well. Both those guys feel like they shouldn't be like all that much more expensive than they are now. Like maybe um, <laughs> this is actually a, uh, to the to Derek's question about whether or not this is a stage department. This is actually a, a green screen uh, provided by MC Sports Edge for me to use. So, wow, so in a way I am. Just draft more Russell Gage. Yeah. His, his ADP luckily has remained entirely affordable. So <laughs> the, like with Mike Evans, right? Like I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, where I like barely have drafted him. Uh, I assume that I have drafted him, but I, but I don't ever really target him. So, uh, like, can he really go higher? Like, is he going to be the one twelve in you know late August or something? I, I don't think so. Um, I, it, it feels to me like some of the Mike Evans stuff is that like we we feel like more confident about his early season role than we do some of the other mm-hmm. stuff around him. But I still struggle to see how he's more expensive. So. With him, I'm like, I'm, I'm definitely going to be underweight on Mike Evans going into the season, but I don't think I'll be like crazy underweight like I am now because like that's something I probably fix. Or maybe Mike Evans falls a little bit. You know, maybe we get some bullish reports on Chris Godwin, you know, that he's going to be back very early in the season and I'm able to get Mike Evans much cheaper than everybody else. So I think I can like eat like a little bit of a, uh, this wasn't like, it wasn't optimal ultimately. Or like I have all the cheap Evans and none of the expensive Evans. Right. I mean, that would be ideal. And if that happens, I'll certainly draft some Evans. If he stays, like, I might just not, to be honest. Part, part of my lack of Evans is that I've been I've been on the Pete Overzet plan where I only draft one through five. I actually have, have contractually mm. obligated not to draft pretty jealous. in the 10, 11, 12 range. Um, I think I'm over yeah. – I think I'm, like, about 50% one through five. Like, I added up – I was talking to my buddy yesterday. I have 18% Justin Jefferson, which is, like, my favorite um, – 
thing in existence. Yeah, I love Jefferson. And then my buddy was like, aren't you scared of fading Chase? I was like, no, no, I have 12% Jamar Chase. Um, he was like, well, that must mean you have like no cop. I was like, no, I have 8% Cooper cop. And they're like, do you never take the running backs? I was like, no, I'm actually like quite overweight on McCaffrey and I have close <laughs> to enough Taylor. He was like, so do you always pick the top five? I was like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> actually, that's that's quite accurate. Um, so uh, you don't get Evans for there, but somehow I think I'll live. Um, I guess my thoughts on it is like, I'm okay just accepting that like if a certain player is the guy you need in week 17 that I won't have him. Because the reality is, like, how many teams are we going to be advancing to week 17, right? Like, probably not a lot. It's really hard to get one there. Like, you have to, Yeah, like, one, if you're you're really, really lucky, you'll get one. Right. So, it's like the idea of, like, the idea of not having a certain guy in my portfolio season long is not scary to me. Because at the end of the day, like, I'm not that concerned about my advance rate anyhow. I think that I can mitigate being wrong on a player. I'm almost assuredly going to be wrong on a few players, like... You know, last year I was fine enough. I was super wrong on Leonard Fournette, for instance, who is like one of the best advance rate players to have. And I had not a whole lot of them. Um, I think that it's stomachable. And then when I look at it in the week, it's like, yeah, would I like to have a portfolio of 200 teams going into a one week contest with zero Mike Evans? No, but in reality, like I'm going to have a portfolio probably of two to three teams, like at best, if I had a good year in that final week. So it's like, it doesn't really terrify me to have, uh, you know, no Mike Evans from that point of view, because like I could draft all my 18% Justin Jefferson. The odds are is I probably have zero Justin Jefferson teams in the final anyway. Right. Which is kind of depressing, but that's why I just can't get that bent out of shape. Like I would rather, I feel like I can be more intentional about my diversification around a few stands where it's like, I know that I have a ton of Jefferson. I can look at my Jefferson teams be like, okay, I need more zero RB with Jefferson. Or, you know, I haven't done Jefferson with Javante enough, or I haven't done Jefferson with AJ Brown enough, which I've definitely done that enough, but um, you know, that's sort of where, where I'm at. Um, I also wanted to talk to you quickly about AJ Brown, because you're the only other guy that I'm aware of in the entire industry. That's like staring down the barrel of the gun and drafting AJ Brown. Uh, I was relieved to hear it because I have, He's, I think, my most drafted wide receiver right now. Um, and it seems like everyone else that I love and respect is running for the hills. Um, what keeps yeah. you in on A.J. Brown? Well, I mean, I let's first also give Ben Gretsch credit, who uh, has not abandoned his boy A.J. Brown. Oh, of course. That's uh, true. Yeah. That's true. But, yeah, I, I am one of the few. I mean, I've heard some really sharp people give some some well, <laughs> some eloquent takes on why you shouldn't be drafting A.J. Brown. I like, Ignore those. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my thing with AJ Brown, like I was in this chart, this uh, dynasty startup with Sean Siegel uh, finished up like three weeks ago. AJ Brown was the wide receiver four uh, in a, it's a super flex league. Uh, he went ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Like, you know, it's a pretty, it's the, the talent based argument for Brown is like, is robust. Like we feel very, very good that AJ Brown is one of the best wide receivers in the league. He's been extremely efficient. For his entire career, he was a good prospect, but like also one of those prospects where you look back and you're like, yeah, he was an even better prospect than we realized because he was playing with DK Metcalf. So all the market share stuff, you know, like those guys basically were cannibalizing each other in college and making it look like like if if both of them had played a different school, they probably both would have been first round picks. Uh, You know, I think it's a pretty and Dawson Knox, of course, was on those teams, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, um, elite targeter, Dawson Knox. Yeah, elite targeter. Elite uh, route runner in terms of the yeah. amounts of routes he runs. Yeah. <laughs> Truly, you know, it's the quantity, really. Yeah, it, it actually is uh, for some of these guys. 
Yeah, but uh, Brown, like, obviously I see the same downside case that everyone else does, right? I mean, the Eagles were super run heavy, um, especially in, like, the like the kind of the third, fourth of the season. They kind of came up a little bit at the very end, but in, like, that third quarter of the season, they were so, so run heavy. But they did start pass heavy, and I don't think that they will be pass heavy again to start, but they, like, they tried some stuff out. And the thing they found that ended up working the best last year was being really, really run heavy. And it's possible that they are that way again. And then you have AJ Brown dealing with really good target competition from Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and not awesome quarterback play. So, you know, if that's the situation, like we're going to be unhappy with our AJ Brown exposure. But I think he's a much better receiver than Devontae Smith. And I think Smith like had a good rookie year and will probably be like a, a good pro. But like AJ Brown is a is a superstar. He's a superstar. So like, I think he can still have a really big target share. And I think defenses at the same time, aren't going to be able to completely key on him. And I do think to some extent, if you're trading for AJ Brown and you've already shown a willingness to at least try out a pass heavy approach with Hertz, that at some point we'll see the Eagles open things up at times. And I mean, AJ Brown's kind of always been this big spike week guy. He's never, you know, so you want to talk about a guy who could potentially get you there in week 15 or 16 or win the whole thing for you. I mean, AJ Brown, he can have one of those massive, massive blow up weeks because he's so good after the catch. He's, he's got a deep threat ability. That's, that's really strong. Jalen hurts will chuck it downfield. And you could just have the Eagles be kind of in a, like they could be one of those offenses that kind of explodes for big games, kind of like the, the Mm -hmm. Ravens, in the Lamar MVP season. Like I don't the think they're going to be two years ago. Kind of like the Titans two years ago. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm not projecting them. I'm drafting Tony J Brown, but I'm not like, I don't really think it's all that realistic to expect them to be like, I don't know, like even like a Rams type of pass first team. Like they're going to be, I think there'll be a run first team. I just, I'm hoping that they won't be basically Titans level, which is, right. you know, I think what some people are projecting and, and I get why. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I'm, I'm trying to check myself a little bit. Uh, Derek Brown, he's on he's on side with this, saying A.J. Brown with a career high in targets would be sex. It certainly would be. That would be great. Um, I'm trying to check myself against just, like, trying to find explanations that tailor to my bias, which is my bias is that I want to draft A.J. Brown and want him to do well. So I have to try and warn myself against that. But I do think, like, with the Titans, you know, it's like an organizational commitment to like establishment of the run where, you know, they've been doing this for years and years, right. And before AJ Brown got there and it'll continue after the Eagles have not been that like under Howie Roseman, they have been one of the top passing teams, like above average in pass attempts in neutral situation uh, pass rate every year, except for Wentz's rookie year. And then Hertz his first year as a starter last year, every other year they have been above average in neutral situation pass rate. And that's what they, we're early in the year, which shows me like that's what they intended to be philosophically. And then they smartly adjusted to what their personnel was and then they adjusted their personnel. Right. So that, that is helpful to me. Yep. And then the other thing I would say too, with Brown is I wrote about this in my first uh, part one of my best ball strategy guide for these tournaments. It's like, I want these wide band players. And I think, you know, there's to some respect, like wide band, we think of like an MVS, you know, who could just mm-hmm. have three for hundred or could have, you know, one for 20, whatever. But I think of it both both in those terms from a single game and in terms of a season-long game where we want, you know, younger players, there's more uncertainty, players in new situations. 
because I think we stack a lot of these players together and it, and it brings you, I think, an interesting look to your lineup where you might come playoff weeks, have this almost like barbelled lineup of some of the highest advance rate players who come from these ambiguous situations and then some of the lowest advance rate players, but who still have that element of talent that we drafted in the first place and are thus lower owned, right? And like, I like the idea, like I can see myself in a scenario where AJ Brown's a guy that I'm looking for late in the year saying, oh, like he's a guy that's 4% owned. I mean, I hope that's not the case because that's bad for me. But, you know, we spend so much time thinking like advance rate doesn't really matter that much because 90% of the value is in the last week. And, you know, how much do you actually gain? Like, I kind of like the idea of potentially targeting guys where the biggest concern is not their weekly ceiling, but their season long projection. A, because that's the kind of profile I want to bet on anyway, but B, because I don't really mind having, you know, one of my stands amongst many being lowly advanced and then potentially having access to a really low owned AJ Brown, you know, in, in one of those final weeks, I think that that's sort of at least maybe I'm trying to justify it to myself, but it's, it's why like I'm okay with drafting like a Gabe Davis too, where it's like, yeah, I think yeah. he's overpriced for his Indian projection, but he's still going to be running 35 routes against the Bengals. Um, and you know, that's, that's something that I want. I want, especially at low ownership. Right. Uh, yeah. I think Derek Kittle would says, be another guy like that. As well, yeah, where it's like Kittle. you know you don't have to worry about the weekly ceiling with Keith, with Kittle, even though that season long uh, consistency might not be what you want. Certainly, certainly. All right, well, we're going to get into a draft here in just about two minutes. Watching um, along, they want to draft with us. You'll be in a Best Ball Mania three draft in just a couple minutes. Um, for now, uh, I will set that up. I'm going to play quickly. Uh, show from our a clip from one of last week's full tilt honesty shows where we had uh, roto pat on pat's colleague over of course at nbc sports edge we'll be back in about a minute and we'll be drafting in best ball mania three with pat Green. you know i just wish that i had worse takes right like it, it'd be so much nicer if, if i wasn't so you know smart and i didn't have so much foresight where the running backs that i wanted to draft were falling right but do you know how hard it is like how few running backs i actually like that when everybody starts drafting the running backs that I like higher, like then then what am I what am I to do? Draft Josh Jacobs? I don't understand. Like yeah. I'm I'm in a, a truly a, a truly in a Kobayashi Maru situation here. Um, nice. Travis Etienne oh. used to be like one of the three running backs in Dynasty that I was okay with the cost of, and and now now I'm okay with the cost of no running backs in Dynasty. It seems. All right, welcome back in, and here we go. We're going to fire this up. I'm going to hover over the list. Um, and by the way, that dynasty take absolutely applies to best ball with ETN. Like, I remember drafting him in round seven in the first week of the draft yep. contest, and I was like, oh, this is my stand this year. I'll have 50% Travis ETN, and it'll be great. And now I, like, honestly don't even want to draft him. I think he's, like, a little overpriced. I'll plug our, uh, our physical magazine that we put out the uh, NBC wow, draft guide that. Um, in that I, I wrote an article about I'm bullish on Travis Etienne. Cause I was much higher than the rest of our rankers on Travis Etienne. And it's like, you know, explain why you're bullish. And I was like, I'm not bullish. This ADP is wrong and will correct <laughs> by the time you're holding this. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it'll probably end up being my best take wow. of the off season and it doesn't make me any money, yeah. but you know, <laughs> I remember I, I put out a, I even put out a tweet which like uh, again nice foresight that I'm sad came true but I was like my hottest take is Travis Etienne should be drafted at the three four turn next to James Conner and then it was like oh well he is now and I don't like it he is now um, it's yeah <laughs> the room was like you're right <laughs> hope you got you're all right Etienne you and 
It's like, I guess it's good for my Jalen Waddle exposure. Um, yeah. All right, I'm going to hover over the thing. We're going to enter here. Three, two, one. Uh, we are in there. Oh, we're only waiting for one. So hopefully people were clicking while we were clicking. Otherwise, otherwise it may not be a... There we go. We'll see if we see any friendly faces in there uh, or not. Uh, I'm hoping that you didn't curse me and give us a late pick. Yeah, the 1-7. Not, yeah. not my favorite place to be at the 1-7. No, probably my least favorite place to be. You to be really need. Honest. I will say, because I've been in Best Ball Mania, re, like I haven't really done much of the puppies actually. Because I'm like, okay, so everyone's going to the puppies, so you're not in Best Ball Mania. I think I'll, I think I'll draft the Best Ball Mania team. See how that goes. <laughs> yes, and I have seen Derrick Henry's going like 103, 104, and Austin Eckler will go 105. So I've seen Chase drop to like 107, 108. Of course, I always okay. have the 110, so I'm just sitting there 110, going, God. I feel pretty strongly that will not be happening based on who's at the one five and the one six. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance of that. <laughs> so we got we got Boots who's in the chat at the one five. We got Preston, who I'm pretty sure is FF underscore engineer out on, on Twitter at the one six. Um mm-hmm. I have a feeling that both the one five and one six uh, are watching, so that's not great for our ability to discuss picks on screen. Gotta get the big dog. Um this is half point PPR, you gotta get the big dog. That's true. It is half point PPR. Um People don't know. Have that. you been drafting much of the big dog this year? Yeah, all, all the I, <laughs> I, I tried. I tried. No, I'm not. I did. I, I did actually in the first puppy. I would draft the big dog and then draft like the exact normal team that I that I would typically do. Like let's say yeah. like you know if I had I don't know like Taylor, but obviously from a little bit later, um, and just like go for the same kind of. Anchor running back with a lot of upshot upside uh, shots, uh, typical wide receiver profiles I look for. Because I'm like, no one's going to build like this. You know what I mean? Right. And and this is also like a closed little nugget of time. Like there's not – I'm not worrying about like price fluctuations so much. Um, and it's going to be a specific group of people that tend to be more wide receiver focused. So I can potentially differentiate right. by – and it's a, a little bit of a hedge to – the rest of my tournaments which won't have much Derrick Henry have you got any of the late uh big dog stacked with CD Lamb starts because that's the one exception if I can get big dog at like 110 111 and then hope to to t- pair him with Lamb then then that gets me a little bit excited I actually haven't gotten as much Lamb as I'd like um because I, I tend to do the same thing where I try to get him to wrap and he almost never does uh yeah Unless I'm, uh, unless and I'm of course we can't time. even we can't even get digs. We're just staring at green here. <laughs> what do you want to do? I'm fine with whatever. I'm fine with all the way going down to Adams or Kelsey if you I wish. Would... I'm fine with Eckler or Cook. The digs pick is a signal to me that we should go Adams. This feels like an avalanche I draft. I think I think yeah. as well. That's probably likely. I, I, uh, I like, like Adams. Uh, getting... I like Adams too. I don't I don't like him as much as Diggs, and I don't have a ton of them as a result, but. I, like I actually do have a lot. I think I'm at like 18% because, and I'm trying to fix that because I haven't drafted like any Dalvin cook. Um, and I mm-hmm. should, I, I don't think he's as bad as a pick as my exposures say that I think he is. And I actually don't think he's that bad. Um, I haven't drafted a ton of Kelsey because I've generally, I, I honestly think Andrews is a pretty similar bet to Kelsey. And so I just kind of prefer pushing a little bit more um, if I can. And then I don't draft at like the one seven or the one eight. Like I've actually gotten more of the one ten to one twelve than I have where we we just were. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. I take a pretty good amount of like I just tend to take Adams at the one ten one twelve range um, a lot. Um, 
but I've not taken him at the 170 yet. So this will be a new a new draft. Um, Ferris, who's in the chat, I'm sure is really enjoying getting Eckler at 111. That's a unique uh, starting point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've been drafting Eckler. I mean, Eckler is someone I'm mixing yeah. in. Uh, I don't tend to do a lot of Henry, and I don't. I probably should draft more Najee than I'm drafting. It's just I'm drafting it's none. like okay <laughs> at all. That's another reason so why I have a lot of Adams because I don't draft. You're in a Mr. Bisky offense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just tough, man. Like their offensive line isn't, I guess, as horrendous as it looked like it might be last year, but. Uh, it's still Mr. Bisky a quarterback, and he doesn't hit big, big plays. Like, I don't know. It's just here's it's just here's my issue thing. with Najee. Like, if I want to draft a running back that's in a below average offense, but who's going to get every single snap and play all the pass downs, like, can't I just do that? But with the guy who's way faster and better and cheaper and Saquon Barkley instead of Najee Harris, yeah. who's like never had a ten yard run in his life. Yeah. No, I I agree. I, I don't know. So Barkley's a, a dude. I, I've had to, I've had to start clicking Barkley more because I do think like he's he's a guy that I think by you know late August could easily be like locked into like the 111, 112. Fat Lenny. I was wondering if we were going to get him to fall. He will not be falling. In fact, he is he is rising. Um, well, look, here's our opportunity. If you watch, the, if you want to mix in some Mike Evans, we no. have Mike Evans after ADP. We also have Saquon. We just talked about Aaron Jones, Mark Andrews. I would normally I would take, take Saquon Andrews or slot, Andrews. But you want Saquon? I'm okay well, with I would Saquon. take Andrews if you want. Okay, I, I tend to like Andrews in the spot. Um, I, I'm just a, I'm a huge fan of him, and especially if we get him, um, you know, paired. I just I find Lamar and Bateman a little expensive to stack at the four or five turn. So I, I tend to like mixing in some equity with that with Andrews, but he's mm-hmm. also just been a guy like he was incredible last year. He lost target competition. Um, and I think people see that regressing based on the fact that they think they're going to run a lot more this year, which they probably will. But like if he has a 30% target share, then, you know, I don't even care how much they run. And what if yeah. they don't run like all that much more Then he's probably the tight end one. So I've been drafting a lot of Andrews, but I've also been drafting a lot of Saquon. So, yeah, and I think one thing that's like a little bit lost uh, in the in the conversation with Andrews is that he saw his snaps increase by like fifteen percent last yeah. year. Like he wasn't always a full routes mm-hmm. guy. Like he always ran routes when he was out there, but he didn't run like the elite, you know, like eighty five percent of the routes, um, which is right. you know really where you want the tight ends to be. I mean, more than that, it's like even better. But you know, a lot of the like the Dawson Knox, it's like, how is Dawson Knox doing what he does? It's like, cause he runs like 81% of the routes and that's basically it. <laughs> that's the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, to get him up into that athletic. level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like Andrews is a, a big receiver and now he's actually running like a receiver's share of routes. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that'll change, even though they drafted a couple tight ends. Uh, I don't think the rookie tight ends will eat into that. Uh, and basically yeah, like surprising. they almost have no choice now, but to, but to feature him. I've also just been like really in on not just Andrews, but like all the top five tight ends. I, I think like I've seen some stuff that's really compelling by, by Hayden Wings talking about how tight ends are kind of overdrafted versus the median. But I just can't get over the idea that in a weekly game, right, which this essentially is yep. like it's one thing if Adams goes for 30, you can probably find later wide receivers to get 30. But there's just not that many tight ends that are frankly capable of 30, right? Like I always go back to I think it was week 15 last year, you know, Kelsey goes off for this huge performance on Thursday night. 
the first thing I do is check all my teams to see who has Kelsey. And the next thing I do is to check my teams to see who I have Andrews or Kittle, because I'm like, if I don't have Kelsey, I need someone who's capable of matching that performance. Yeah. And you know, like you can draft three tight ends late, but like Evan Ingram, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, like these guys, like they can't get you that 30. And when we're talking about 450 person final, to me, at least it's like, if you're giving up 10, 15 points at tight end, like it's going to be really difficult because someone is going to have that tight end and a really high scoring wide receiver. So I, I really tend to prioritize it personally. And I've been drafting a lot of Andrews. I've been drafting a lot of pits. Um, seeing pits still here makes me kind of wish that we took Saquon, to be honest. Um, this is why but, I'm not drafting as much Andrews actually. Cause I think the, interesting. Uh, what do you, what do you like here? nothing except for Kyle Pitts who we just took Mark Andrews. So my bad yeah. on that one. Uh, okay. no, I don't a... ever draft Keenan Allen. I'm okay with it. And then I, these I, I don't backs, mind it like, here. Would you draft Camara? I've been drafting Camara, but a little bit after this, I would take Keenan. I don't have a ton of Keenan okay. either, but okay. It's uh almost five picks after ADP in a wide receiver heavy room. So, I mean, DJ Moore just oh. went. So. <laughs> yeah it doesn't feel as good when it's keenan allen does it it's gonna no not quite as great no i no. I've, I've been struggling with keenan i mean granted i'm struggling more with him at adp not necessarily where we took him but i just think like to me when i look at his projection he's kind of drawing dead to the running backs like to me like if one of barkley granted he's going higher now but like if one of barkley fournette javante stays healthy and has the role that is projected for them, they're probably outscoring Keenan Allen and half PPR. And then I don't normally care that much about that because I'm drafting wide receivers for the spike weeks, but he's Keenan Allen and half PPR. So it's like, yeah, I just don't know that he has more like 25 plus point equity versus the running backs or, or the, and then I, or the wide receivers. And then I feel like he's kind of drawing dead to like the running backs or at least whoever the best running back is of that cluster to actually outscore them in on a median. So he he's a tough one for me, but I need to click more because I want more access to that game. And I tend to take the least of that game versus the other good ones. Um, me too. Yeah. So this one's interesting. Um, I think like personally, I like both of these two. Um, I like Waddle a lot. I mean, I like Gabe Davis okay. too, but we don't, we're I not, like Waddle more. Yeah. I like Waddle more and we're not invested in that game. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm definitely in with, with Waddle here. What are you doing with um, a little bit further down? But uh, I like would have given some thought to it since we did take Keenan. What are you doing with with Acres? Because he's a guy that the start I was taking zero of because he was going in kind of the same range as Hall and Etienne, and I, I preferred them. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm in this weird spot where like I have Daryl Henderson's literally my most drafted player. Um, I he's up there. Hall for and me Etienne too. have clearly like kind of surpassed him in ADP, and I'm thinking like okay like should I be mixing in some more acres based on, you know, I have cover with Henderson in a way. And, you know, what if he actually is just like a three down running back? Like we thought, you know, like the market projected him to be last year. He's on a great offense. Like I'm, I'm kind of struggling in some ways. He seems like a very clear dead zone back. And in some ways he's like not because he's obviously not being drafted at his ceiling because we all thought his ceiling or at least the market did was like the one ten last year. So have you drafted any of him or, or what are your thoughts on him? I haven't drafted enough of them, but he's a guy that it might just be a leak. Like it's not even, you know, like a mixing thing where I'm like, I'll deal with this later if I if I need to get, you know, mixing, but he just feels overpriced right mm-hmm. now. Akers doesn't really feel that overpriced. He he's just not like 
so normally I I love Kittle where he's going. I like Waller yeah, where he's going. Uh, and so if I'm on this side of the board, like I often, if I'm like on the front end of the board, maybe if Andrews gets there, but if not, I'm I'm kind of eyeing the tight ends on the four or five turn. Uh, so and then I'm usually like looking for another wide receiver there. If I've taken a, a running back, which if you're on that side of the board, you may have taken Jonathan Taylor or CMC. So I might not be like in the in the kind of structural position to be taking a running back or prioritizing one anyway. Mm. And so it just is all kind of adding up to me being pretty underweight on acres, but I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. So I am taking a ton of Daryl Henderson. So uh so like you, I could probably mix in acres and you know it would I'm already covered if, if that doesn't work out. Are you concerned about the uh, the blurb posts that they see Kyron Williams as the eventual replacement to Terrell Henderson? No. I mean, he injured his foot. Um, yeah. Like, and it doesn't seem like he's going to be able to get a full – I mean, maybe he'll be totally healthy by week one, but I, I think a rookie running back missing kind of a big chunk of the offseason stuff is, is not great. And Kyron Williams, I mean, just not very athletic. He was. I thought he was going to be a really interesting running back prospect. Uh, pretty interesting production. Yeah, kind of a, a versatile guy. But he's undersized and he isn't athletic. So, yeah, maybe he will eventually take that role over. But it could be on the Daryl Henderson timeline, and it's like twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four. Right. So yeah, yeah. Um. Well, I was hoping that we would potentially get a falling Lamar or Herbert with this start. We certainly did not. Um, um, Brandon Cooks goes there. Uh, I mean, Mahomes is tempting to me, even though we have none of that game, but he's backdoor stackable. We're probably gonna have to reach for other guys. I'm, I'm fine taking Mahomes, and then but we'll Juju. probably have to, yeah. I, I, who else would you take? Like, I'm okay with Juju, I don't really love, I'd rather these take guys. Mahomes like, than Juju. All right, let's do let's just do it and then let's hope. This this has burned me before on a stream because now everyone knows we need the the Chiefs guys. I did listen to that one. I remember I'm going to do my best Davis (laughs) Maddock impersonation. we got to take Mahomes, guys. He's the easiest to backdoor stack in the world. (laughs) He's not. I I think he's stacking with Rojo. (laughs) I think we got Justin Ross or something. (laughs) Oh, Justin Ross. Well, is Justin Ross really a stack it when he's like on the practice squad? No, he's going to get signed off the practice squad by the Bears, so it doesn't count as a stack. Oh, we got to draft Fields then. <laughs> yeah, that's we got to prep for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've oh, done man. the same with – I've done this a lot with Mahomes where he falls, and I'm like, well, he's backdoor stackable. And sometimes it's worked phenomenally, and sometimes it has been catastrophic. Where, like, the other issue for me, are you taking Hardman? Because I'm struggling to click his name i i um, am taking some of hardman i okay one thing that's that's tough with me about drafting is like i will come to these realizations then i'll like be like targeting a guy for a, like a week or two but then i'll kind of get out of the habit again and that's kind of where i am at with right. with hardman where I, i'm not really drafting hardman in my most recent drafts a ton but there's a period where i was like prioritizing him because uh I, he hasn't actually been terrible, right? His whole thing is that he hasn't been able to get on the field and earn, earn playing time consistently. But like he's he's been okay in terms of yards per hour run, targets per hour run, been all right. 
um, uh, we're back up here, and this is good awful. God. Oh my god. Uh, the just... funny thing, the worst part about doing the stars for the game stacks is that it's like telling you to draft Josh Jacobs. Um, no. Elijah Moore? Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the, that's the solution. Yeah. <laughs> that's something. Alright, I'm glad I'm glad to get you. <laughs> I don't even love more where he's going, but sure. <laughs> I love that better than the one was staring at us. Um, either it was either going to be our second unstacked quarterback uh, or guys that I don't tend to draft a whole lot of. Um, Ferris is loving his two running back start team. Um, I hope I hope that you'll cease to enjoy that, uh, but we'll see. Maybe you should make it a three running back team with, uh, with Josh Jacobs or Elijah Mitchell. Perhaps. Yeah, you're getting a real nice value there. Or he's on the other turn. Where's Ferris at? His, he did... I think he got uh, the Eckler Eckler Mixon. right? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that is a nice start. And when he takes Deontay, who I like, Amonra, who I like, correlates with Mooney, and he has Pitts at 35. Okay, yeah, that is a good thing. It's a pretty good team. That's <laughs> a pretty good team. Sorry. It's okay. We got we got RV1 Rojo coming in to stack with Mahomes any day now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um where so here um i don't really want to talk about where i'm looking at round seven with uh with the people here but uh um you, you mentioned that you don't like where elijah's going um i very much do like where elijah's going uh which is which is good i i tend to agree with most things that you have to say so i'm, I'm glad that there's a source of disagreement what's been your hold up on elijah moore's uh adp my hold up is that i'm where the jets see him as more of a slot guy and that is a concern so do you have a potential route squeeze with him with like if Garrett Wilson is Garrett Wilson going to eventually project as like a starting outside wide receiver. And then how often is Corey Davis is Corey Davis only playing on three wide receiver sets or is there scenarios where more isn't on the field for a two wide receiver set? Uh, that's what worries me. Cause mm-hmm. like they spend the 10th overall pick on Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson's awesome. I think Garrett Wilson's a really good prospect. I love so, Wilson. He's my, he's, yeah. he is, I think, my number one most drafted wide receiver, actually, is Garrett Wilson. And I also like Elijah, which means that I take a lot of Jets, which is concerning. Yeah. And this feels a little San Francisco y to me, where like, if Wilson is a massive hit, I don't think, I don't think Moore was someone you wanted to draft. Like that Zach Wilson could support. I think he could support a really strong wide receiver season, but not accompanied by another really strong wide receiver season. So part of it to me is like the route stuff. And part of it to me is that I think Garrett Wilson's a great prospect and the bet on him right now is so much stronger price adjusted than on more that I have, I I really struggle to see how that discount maintains. And maybe it just means Mm -hmm. Wilson moves up and more stays where he is. But I think if Wilson moves up more could slide down so now maybe I can okay. get cheap Wilson now and cheaper more uh, after training camp. I'm I'm mixing more in now because that could be wrong, but that's like one thing that's uh, giving me the confidence to go a little underweight on more now. Okay, all right. I will I will address that when we come back after this pick. Um, interesting spot here. So like, uh, obviously I tend to draft a lot of Trey Lance, but this. We have Adams, but we don't actually have any 49ers, and we do have Mahomes. I don't want to draft Gibson or Sanders or Renfro mm-hmm. or Lazard. Um, 
I mean, I'm not actually super opposed to Sanders as RB1, to be entirely honest. I don't mind Tony here. I don't mind Kirk. That's a little reaching. I don't mind Tony, actually. You want to do Tony? Tony's a big swing. Yeah. Okay. I'm good with that. Yeah, I draft a lot of him. Um, I mean, just like I, I'm pretty bullish on the Giants overall from like a how they'll scheme their offense perspective. Like they, it seems like they're doing the Buffalo thing. Like I hate to transpose it, but they invested nothing at tight end. They invested nothing at backup running back. They drafted a slot wide receiver while restructuring another slot wide receiver. Like that tells me they're going to do a lot of four wide receiver set, spread the ball around. Uh, and, you know, Tony, I think fits well into that kind of offense with the kind of yak player he is. On Elijah Moore, I kind of agree with you from a closing line value perspective. Like, I can pretty easily see a world where we watch a preseason game and, like, there's a Dwayne McFarlane tweet where he's like, I charted their snaps last night, mm-hmm. and Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis played in the two wide receiver sets. Elijah Moore was subbing out, and, like, his ADP falls two rounds. Like, that's yeah. that's a future that I can envision. Um, I certainly remember drafting another slot wide receiver going into year two in round six last year on a lot of my teams that didn't end up so well. After who me. you mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> imagine. Uh, yeah. Doesn't um, ring a bell. No, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't want to get biscuit uh, again. <laughs> I guess my issue with Moore's profile going into year two is like much better than Fiscus was um, based on like what he was able to do last year in terms of where he was earning targets. Uh, his PFF receiving grades, his reception perception, all that stuff. Um, he was a phenomenal profile prospect. Like he seems to me like a guy that we should be drafting in like round four, like in a vacuum, just as a receiver. I get the Zach Wilson concerns. I, I think I just think that both of them are underpriced. Like I, I guess I just look at the scenario and I'm like, okay, there's all of these young players on the Jets that are coming into this offense, and Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and Brees Hall. Um, what if Zach Wilson's just not that bad and he's like actually fine? You know, what, what can we get out of this? Um, we're back on the clock. Um, this is really well, at I guess this point I would I don't take, usually I, draft MVS, but we kind of need to get a chief, don't we? Or yeah, Clyde? let's let's go ahead and take or MVS, Gibson. not Clyde. Okay, I can't, I can't take Clyde. <laughs> rather, whatever you could take MVS as your sixth wide receiver versus Clyde as your first running back, you gotta do it. <laughs> You gotta do it. You can't take Clyde. <laughs> I think I, I think Sanders would would have been a decent pick there, but I, I do like getting a chief. I mean, not having home I mean, stack feels. We might feels get bad. Sanders or Gibson to follow us yet. Not that I draft Antonio Gibson ever, but I would draft him in the ninth. Yeah, Antonio Gibson's like the Josh Jacobs guy for me. Where I'm, this year, where I'm, like those two, I'm just not drafting unless they fall absurdly late, which basically means unless it's a ship chasing room, I'm not drafting them. I think I got Jacobs in the spike week draft because he fell to like the ninth or tenth <laughs> I, I mean i prefer jacobs to gibson and monty actually because at least jacobs offense is good like if i'm drafting a yeah. dust ball i'd rather drafted one on the team that i think will score touchdowns this year yeah yeah i just with jacobs it's like maybe he it's gets used as a pass a catcher yeah but like the thing that's tough with jacobs is okay it doesn't hit big plays He's no. he's like he breaks some tackles, but I mean he's kind of, he's basically like David Montgomery or like he's kind of like Alexander Madison or something. Like he, if he was in a good yeah. offense and he had all the work, he'd be like really easy to to plug in in DFS. But uh, we know he's not going to get all the work. This is going to be a committee offense, so it's, it's just a tough question. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like he's definitely not a priority to me, but 
I don't know. I've, I've, he's fallen to round seven sometimes, and I will draft him. Whereas Gibson, it's more like, okay, you really need to fall past ADP. Just like, I just look at Gibson, and it's like, okay, you play on the commanders. You know, like there's not that yeah. great of a pie. You're losing pass downs to McKissick. I don't know how much he'll lose to Robinson, but like he doesn't have that much to begin with. So any rushing he loses to Robinson, especially at the goal line, is extremely detrimental. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Montgomery, it's like a similar thing. It's like, okay, he like kind of sort of paid off a round five price last year um ish like paid off i don't know he's fine he his role can only get worse right like it certainly can't get better he was getting like 90 percent snap shares new coach you know khalil herbert really flashed last year um yeah, i think khalil herbert's good yeah i think so as well um interesting spot here where we do not have a running back yet that being said um Sky Moore. we have mahomes <laughs> And um, up. and uh, I think I think uh, what'd you say? Sky more two eyes. Let's go, Sky more two eyes. I think it's time <laughs> to tab off of wide receiver for the remainder of the evening. I think we might be done at wide receiver. It would be nice to get a bring back um, on Denver, but I we have nine wide receiver. We could get Melvin Gordon, maybe. We could get Melvin Gordon. Yeah, we've got nine wide receiver options there, but like we could be be straight up done and do like. Uh, I mean, I gotta say. I've been doing this Mahomes late. I've been doing the unstack Mahomes late thing. It does not often work out well enough to get MVS and Sky. That's a true treat. It is nice. Yeah. I feel great. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty sweet double stack. We're also set up for a second quarterback. We have a couple outs for a second quarterback. Yeah. Um and then to and then we're done. I'm star those right now. I uh I've become less vigilant over time in my uh, starring of players, kind of get on. I'm that. the same way. I do it. I do it like I'm very good in the beginning of my drafts, and then like, like I don't, I don't need to, to start Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm a little more vigilant when I'm not also hosting a show, but uh, I'm not quite at like the I'm not quite at the pro level of being able to host the show, do the picks, and star Van Jefferson because I drafted Austin Eckler all at the same time. No, I'm with you. I mean, um, normally I have uh, Pete to rely on in that. So uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to juggle. Um, so I'm looking through. The, we're, we got to take a look at the running backs here. Um, well, I see a few that are certainly of interest. Yeah, I, I love the running backs we're looking at here. Yeah. Um, what, what do you make of the Seattle running back situation? Because... Um, the market has moved decisively. It used to be Walker two rounds out of Penny. Penny is now flipped Walker. How about, well, first let's make a pick here. We have Walker, Stevenson, I like Walker. Rojo. I also like Walker. So let's let's talk about that one because I I think the market is is wrong uh, on what they've done recently. But I want to hear, I'll hear from you. you. You wanted to take Walker here. What's, what's your thoughts on the Seattle backfield? Well, Adam Levitan was tweeting today about like how this – this news that Penny's going to get like 20 touches a game is like a follow-up secondary, like throw in mailbag response from beat writer where he's like, basically like, I don't know. He's probably going to get like 20 touches a game. <laughs> like that's not <laughs> something that should move ADP by two rounds. It's the guy answering a mailbag <laughs> column in July. So like, you know, it is what it is, but it shouldn't be, we just shouldn't put much weight on it. So uh, Walker, I mean, I wasn't the biggest Walker guy in terms of his prospect no. profile because he he had like a horrific yards per hour run. Very much profiles as kind of a two down guy, and 
and Penny's good, so he's gonna be splitting early down work. And they might, I mean, the Seahawks are definitely gonna play like Travis Homer or something and, and make this a gross three man backfield. Yeah. But they are definitely gonna run as much as they can. And Walker hits big plays. He breaks tackles, he hits big plays. Like he is the type of back that could deliver spike weeks even in a bad offense. And then if Penny, who you know has this ridiculous injury history, misses any time, they're gonna they're gonna feed Walker. And I I'm basically assuming Chris Carson's not playing this season. I think so that, that would really the NFL hurt ever again, to be honest. This I don't is unfortunate, but agreed. But I but I agree. So um, agreed that it's unfortunate. Also agree he's not going to play again. So yeah. um, I think yeah, if you're going to give me Penny like two to three rounds after Walker, I'm going to draft Penny. If you're going to give me Walker two to three rounds after Penny, I'm going to draft Walk. You know, I'm going to draft the yeah. cheaper guy. So yeah, I'm with that. But I'm even more enthused about Walker just based on. You know, everything like I, I go back to like Ben's article about, uh, you know, anti-fragility after ETN, where it's like we want the guy where chaos breaks in the right direction of. Right. Like they just drafted Kemp Walker in the second round on a rebuilding team. Like aside from the fact that it makes mm-hmm. no sense. The one thing that, that tells me is like they plan to use him at least at some point, And they obviously love the guy. If they think that's like a good allocation yeah. of capital, like may- maybe they won't. Who knows? But I guess the way I look at it is we just said they're not neither of these guys are playing third down. They don't project that way. Even the beat writers are saying it's probably going to be Travis Homer or DJ Dallas on, the, on that down. So to me, it's like the an early down split of a really bad team, even a run heavy bad team, but like a slow bad team is not a very ideal situation. So I'm trying to think of oh, I'm really sad that Melvin Gordon went. And I'm yeah, really don't sad snipe that I'm really us on Melvin, Melvin Gordon, Gordon, man. We didn't even want to take him, really. So, like, it's almost – it's not even a good snipe because I'm kind of like, great, now I don't have to take Melvin Gordon. I know. I'm like – I was. I just said out loud, I'm really sad that Melvin Gordon went. And I was like, is that where I've gotten with my life? That I'm – like, I'm sad about missing out on, on Melvin Gordon? Um, okay. Yeah. I So, two is an option, but I, I kind of prefer the later yeah, guys, to be honest. Who do you like the most here? Like, I don't actually draft a whole lot of these two earlier guys. I draft more of these guys, but I, I probably should. Mix Me them too. In. I, I wouldn't preference? mind mixing in Madison here. Give okay, us a contingent that. value because okay. it's a bit after ADP, right? Uh, it's like two picks after ADP. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, two picks. Yeah. Um, um, no. <laughs> yeah. So we're, currently we have two running backs that are projected for, you know, about, about five carries combined in week one, which is, I think, a good way to get off. That's to a what fast you want to do. Yeah. Right. That's how you build. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Boots says it was, it was 15 picks after ADP. You can't blame me. Um, I will give you a Man. hound, Boots. Oh, but um, you drafted Melvin Gordon. <laughs> um, I will always blame you for drafting Pretty Melvin gross. Gordon. We would have blamed ourselves for drafting Melvin Gordon. Yeah, it was, good. it was supposed to be kind of a gross backdoor stack bring back type of thing for us. I don't know. Does he have any Broncos? If you don't have any Broncos boots, I mean. Uh, let's see. Um, what, are you, what are you doing with your life? Drafted Melvin Gordon. Uh, he has, he does have Jerry Judy. He has Rojo. He has oh, he has Judy. Oh, yeah. he has, oh, okay. He has Russell Wilson, Rojo, Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy. Fine boots. Good team. My apologies. Yeah, my apologies, boots. You know, you know what this sets us up for now? is hmm. we haven't been able to get Melvin Gordon or Javante. Alberto's off the board. We're probably maxed out a wide receiver, and we took Mark Andrews in the second. Mm-hmm. It sets us up pretty well for a Greg Bulsich team. <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> if there was a team to draft Greg Bulsich, this this is the structure for him. This is it. 
Um, let's see. Did we lose Henderson there? We did. <sighs> That's we did lose things. Henderson, which is unfortunate. So Tua is also available, and I'm I'm open to it. Um, Pierce is still there after ADP, and I think I'm probably a little higher Pierce than, than you are. Spiller is there. I would have loved Hendo. Um, I normally don't draft a lot of Hines, but he does a correlate with Tony and B like it might be nice to have some stable production with with these picks here. Five I lean seconds, Spiller just here. for a okay. big old swing. Okay. You know, it's, at some point in time, we may want to draft a running back that will score points in the first month of the season. Mm. You know, Is that optional? you can do that if you want. Overrated? Yeah, it's, off. it's very overrated. No, I mean, obviously, that would have been nice to have some of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I think I think we're going to draft We're gonna draft a ton of, ton of running backs on this team. So Yeah, we're drafting um, seven, I imagine, right? Probably. Yeah, we're going to draft seven. Yeah. So yeah. we should uh, we should be able to find like a mix, but yeah. there's like there's kind of that tier of White, Madison, Spiller, um, Pollard goes earlier, but like I do think those guys are kind of a, I love that tier a cut above in terms of the contingent value. Henderson very much in that tier. Henderson's yeah. nice because you could also see him starting the season with some production. That's yeah. why he's so fun to draft. And he would have been nice to get a little thing in there with Keenan, which, I mean, Spiller kind of does the same, but I'd rather have a little bit of both sides. And I, I like Spiller and Henderson a lot because when we talk about these correlations, like that's a game where I really think that the top guys are overpriced. Like I think Keenan and mm-hmm. Mike Williams and Allen Robinson are all priced in a range where I don't draft a lot of them. But I understand that I want access to that game. Like it's going to have a massive total. Yeah. It could go, it could be the best game of the slate. I, I struggle with drafting. Like, I mean, I do draft these guys. But I know that if I draft Josh Palmer, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, like I'm not waking up that morning like thinking that that's going to be what wins me $2 million. But there is a world where if Austin Eckler or Cam Akers is out or if Cam Akers just can't play football, um, where like, oh, Spiller or Henderson is actually projected for 16 points tonight. Like that's a thing that could actually happen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm much more excited about getting sort of my leverage off of that game with the running backs later than I am with like Palmer Higby. Um, whereas, you know, I think there's a reasonable chance that like, oh, like Henderson just is what we thought Akers was, um, you know, yeah. uh, Eckler's out. And so Spiller's projected for a ton of points. Like we, that literally happened in week 16 last year with Justin Jackson. Right. So it's possible. And I'm glad to get a share of Spiller because I draft so much Henderson who goes slightly later that I don't actually draft as much Spiller as I probably should. I, I was in that same spot and I made a kind of conscious decision to start mixing in Spiller more. Because I mean, yeah. you just think about the contingent value on Spiller; it's it's pretty off the charts. It is. Um, man, I don't, I do not draft a lot of Tua Tungavailoa. But we have Waddle, two rounds after ADP. I could be talked into uh, some Tua Tungavailoa. Yeah. I'd be fine. Running backs. I mean, I like I draft a decent amount of Algier. I do too. Um, I wonder if Gus's ADP is gonna go way up. It might, but I'm not sure it should. He's also coming off an ACL tear. His rehab's going better than Dobbins, I think, but um Um, I would do Tua or like I like Tua or Algier for me. I think Algier is pretty nice because he potentially will give us maybe not the earliest season production. He is a rookie, but, uh, you know, he should be the kind of early down guy. All right. I'm, I'm good with that. Like, that's 
certainly a guy I draft uh, a pretty solid amount of. Like I, I think he's the one guy of this next year after the guys that you were mentioning that I actually like. Like I don't really draft a lot of Michael Carter. I'm not super sold on. I think a lot of people are really sold on Gainwell. I'm a little lower on Gainwell because. Like, I'm not actually sure if he does have that contingent value or not. Yeah. He certainly didn't last year. Maybe he does this yeah. year. It's possible. And I, I draft him because I draft a lot of later running back teams, but I'm, I'm not quite as big of a fan. Algier, you know, he's kind of like Pierce. Like, he actually has a path to just standalone value, which is interesting. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, I struggle with Gainwell because I think he's really talented, but they, they seemed kind of lukewarm on him last year, and – like imagine, okay, Miles Sanders has sprained his ankle. Jordan Howard comes in for a workout. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's isn't that like oh. exactly the way that's the gonna beat go? Reports have, the beat reports seem bullish that they're gonna bring him back. Like, I've read like in their fifty three projection, I read like they said something about like we still don't have a running back like that's like fits the what they want in the goal line role. Like they. Like, I think there was like a line in there. It didn't say this, like, quite the turn of phrase, but it was something like Jordan Howard's a phone call away or whatever. Like, they mentioned him explicitly, like, as a mm-hmm. guy they could bring in before camp and then, like, use a veteran extension to keep him, like, on the practice squad, but promote him if Sanders goes down. Like, that world is, is out there and that world makes me want to die, but, like, that could totally <laughs> happen. Yeah, they, that's what they oh. are going to do, I think. Uh, you, need, you need Gainwell to be, like, really good. That's how he pays off. And there's reasons to think he could team? be. Oh my goodness. I'm like, cause I'm checking these teams to see like, what do I think they're going to do in front of us? And Daisy 1032. Um, I wouldn't, oh boy. If, if I wanted to maximize the utility of Alvin Kamara's potential upside versus his suspension risk, I probably wouldn't do it as my running back four. Um, I mean, at this point, three rounds after ADP, we kind of got it right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a legit one yeah over to be proud there what's a real value yeah. hound we got <laughs> look at that 30 picks after adp there we go that's nice <laughs> not again i don't draft a lot of the man but that's uh that's pretty nice what have you been doing with the dolphins i, I draft a decent amount of waddle i draft very little tyreek and i draft very little tua and i draft a lot of both Edmonds and Michelle. Uh, I don't draft a ton of Edmonds, although he certainly would have built fit like a build like this. He went kind of early. I, I saw yeah, him go did. off and remember thinking he went pretty early here, but uh, yeah, but like he sometimes fits in with like where we took Walker, uh, maybe a exactly, little earlier yeah. than that. Usually. Yeah. yeah. And I like him in those builds. It's like your first run. I mean, that's pretty sweet. If you can get like a ninth round Edmonds in like a true zero running back build. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, because I think he'll give you early season production, but he's not going to score touchdowns, so uh, he's not going to have a goal line role. So you know, right. I think Michelle's really interesting for that reason, and I also think Moster is interesting um, for the same reason. Like one of those dudes will score a fair amount of touchdowns, unless they both get or something. But like, one, I think one of those guys is in line for goal line role, and Edmonds is not. Why do you think that Moster's that much more likely for a goal line role than Edmonds? Because that's. Um... That's maybe the one aspect that I would disagree with you on. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, like Edmonds is bigger. Yeah, Edmonds has just never, like, ever gotten that work. Maybe and maybe uh, McDaniel sees things differently with Edmonds, but um, yeah, I think that's probably fair pushback on Mostert because, like, he's kind of more of a speed back as well. 
Because um, has Mostert ever really had a goal line role? Like, I, I mean, I haven't, from what I recall, like other than a very short stretch of time, like he was still seeding a lot of goal line work, even at his peak to like Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson the following year. Like, I don't recall him being a super consistent goal line guy either. And he's, he's quite undersized. I, I have not been drafting a lot of Mostert, which is, it's maybe a league because I do think that it's a backfield worth targeting just based on how cheap they are and how efficient the scheme's been in the past. But I guess I just look at it and it's like, okay, if, if it stays as a compartmentalized backfield, like who has the value touches that we want? And to me, it's like Edmonds has, I'll finish this point after we pick. Um, what do we think here? We need a, one tight end and we need quarterbacks. Both Higby and Fant correlate. With guys we have, I'm fine with uh, either one. I know we talked like about Dulcich, but at all. I would take McKinnon. Okay, McKinnon correlates. And, uh, he's like 20 rounds at 20 picks at ADP. I think we can. Yeah, now that we mentioned him, we're not going to get him. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I've liked it hey, ADP here. We do uh, need a Ram. Um, we have Keenan and and Spiller. Uh, I don't know. And then now I, I just get the tab over to to running back for, for the entire rest of the draft. Um, who else is here that, well, I don't really want to just queue you guys up that I like actually, although I'm sure hovering my mouse over the star button is really a good way to conceal my true intentions. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, to, to, to get back to this point on, on uh, Evans. Yeah. Boots is neither an Evan getting a true zero RV role. I agree. Yeah, he did. He did do exactly oh, that. Man. Um, uh, why have I got to compliment another team in here? <laughs> yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess I've just been struggling with Mostert. If it's compartmentalized to me, he feels like the between the twenties carries guy, not like the goal line guy or the receiving guy. Mm-hmm. And then if I think in terms of contingent value, like all three of these guys are very known to get injured a lot, and it's like, yeah. who do I want in the case where they're the only ones standing? Like, who is the one that's not having other guys brought in off the practice squad to steal their touches? And like. I guess I see a little bit more of that upside with like, honestly, Sony the most to be entirely honest, like screams, like he could fall ass backward into a bell cow roll somehow from the 18th round. Um, and then Edmonds two to a point. Um, is it uh, McKinnon time here? I like McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been? I mean, we could go uh, like McKissick, but I don't know. McKinnon, we got him correlated. So I'd rather. What about, what about, Okay. We, we could correlate Daryl Williams with Tyler Algier. Yeah, but Daryl Williams is bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. We could correlate Yo <laughs> Benjamin with Tyler Algier. <laughs> well, now I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> if if uh, I, I remember Josh Norris freaking out about the um, the, uh, the Tyler Algier, with Algier. The... what would he think yeah. of you know Algier? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he actually. I think he that came up on a ship chasing show when he was. Uh, he was watching <laughs> so yeah it's uh it's getting a little ridiculous when you do the <laughs> the late round dart throw correlations which is partly why i don't always star the guy like i kind of like to know it helps me keep track of like what my main correlations are if i don't star everybody or like for example we right. got adams and then once we like didn't get uh debo kittle at that point i will sometimes unstar lance especially if it means i'm gonna have to reach for him mm. like where we were so right um yeah the unstarring crucial the part unstarring of the process. is it's become part of my process i'm really in the weeds on this stuff as you can i tell. feel so weird 
um, like normally, like I get to this part of the draft, it's like my favorite part where it's like, I can relax. I'm only going to take running backs. And then I just star all the ones that I want in order. And then I just like turn off my phone and I check who I got 10 minutes later. But, mm. uh, you know, now, now I'm in, now I'm on stream. I can't just go ahead and star all my favorite running backs. Um, who are some of the guys that, that you've been targeting most in these like later portions of your zero RB build without maybe without trying to give everybody away necessarily that we want, but, um, in terms of like your, have there been guys, especially like the go even potentially undrafted where you're like, this would be an interesting guy to mix in. You might be 2% owned in the whole tournament, especially, you know, drafting pretty early. Yeah. One of them, um, this is so gross, but like, so I was drafting some of Pierce, but I felt, I've always felt like Pierce has been a bit overpriced. Uh, Damian Pierce. Okay. Um, and, and part of it's just cause like, it's like not an offense that I want to really be in on. And I don't think he has this huge contingent value. He was a committee back in college. He's probably going to commit back in the pros. Um, and so I was like, I, I'm paying for the most expensive Houston, Texas running back. Just not that fun. So oh, we're, we're, I like Michelle here. Michelle's perfect. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's correlated. He's uh, is, I think a path to actually providing week one value, which we need. Um, yep. There we go. Love it. Um. So then I started drafting some Mac and Ben Gretz has been talking to Marlon Mac. And then we were on the clock, uh, me, Ben and Pete in our main event draft thinking about Mac. And so I, I uh, messaged Rivers McCown who is over at NBC sports edge. And he's like a diehard Texans fan. He covers the Texas forest every week. He knows more about Texans than I, I didn't even think it was humanly possible to know this much about Texas. So he's, he's dialed in. I said, who's the, my apologies you know, basically, to Rivers McCown. I, <laughs> He, he he feels the pain of being a Texans fan, and he wears it on his sleeve, but he also knows a ton about the Texans, so it's kind of great. But he was like, if I had to place a chip anywhere, it'd be like 55% Burkhead touches, 30% Mac touches, and 15% Pierce, with Pierce's role growing as we get into November. That's awful. Kind of. Why aren't we drafting Rex Burkhead? Why is Rex Burkhead completely undrafted I mean, if there's a chance of that? I mean, he has a three-down skill set. Right, like in the sense that he he technically can play on all three of the downs. I mean, I'll say this for Rex Burkhead: we're drafting Daryl Williams in round fifteen, and Rex Burkhead is literally the exact same guy. Yep. So Uh, I was honestly pretty fired up to draft. (laughs) Okay, Uh, I think I I like to call him Flex Burkhead. (laughs) Yeah. Flex Burkhead. Let's get him in. I actually yeah. have been drafting Kenyon Drake as well, which would make sense for, for this build. Uh, you would. So, um, so the, you would. his ankle apparently still not 100%, but. Um, I kind of want to draft Burkhead now that you just talked about All right, about. let's draft Burkhead, sure. This will be my first, because I have, I have a decent amount of Drake, but this will be my first share of Flex Burkhead. <laughs> Flex Burkhead. I mean, look, go. we were saying we needed we needed some week one value. If we get 55% of the week one touches for Flex Perkhead, um, you know, that can really help us out. I mean, to be honest, if we get like 85% of Naheem Hines in the 18th round out of uh, Flex Perkhead, I think this team's so in really this, good shape. So does that mean they're going to cut Dare then? And then Burkhead's going to be the third down back? Is yeah. That the hope? They basically have to cut Dare. If Dare makes the team or gets any, if Dare's active on game days, then the Texans backfield is going to be a quagmire. Dare sucks value news. out of backfield. <laughs> Yeah, He's in, he provides no value himself. He just steals snaps. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He's just out there to pass block. Yeah, it's awful. Well, 
As I saw I'll, this will be the last take I get for you. The Arizona backfield is an interesting one because um, Daryl is clearly the market's preferred number two option, but the beat reports say that, you know, Benjamin is a number two option. Then you have Keontae Ingram is in the mix as I think a pretty intriguing profile for a round six rookie. We know that the Arizona backfield has a million high value touches. Like, is there one mm-hmm. that you've been drafting a lot of? Or are you sprinkling in everybody? I, I presume you're not staring at 20% James Conner. So if you want access to this backfield, um, how, how are you generally going about it? I was drafting a little bit of Connor early. And then I realized like one, he, he started to slip and I should be probably buying the discount on him, but I also kind yeah, of I draft some Connor. Yeah. I kind of got cooler on him than even the market. Cause going back and looking at what he did last year, so touchdown driven. So it's like, you know, it does feel kind of dead zony where you're paying for last year's touchdown production from, you know, a guy who's struggled with injuries. It's like, I don't know, like people, people thought it was like crazy to draft Connor over Chase Edmonds last year, you know? So now all of a sudden right. it's like, Oh, we got to give him a third round. It just, it feels like we're paying the peak price a bit. Um, and then I, I did draft some Daryl when he first went there. Cause I'm like, okay, I can correlate him with Kyler, get the passing down back thing. But now I'm, now I'm to Eno. I finally, uh, you know, eventually Come landed home. where everyone knew I would land. Yeah. Back, back home yeah, to you... this guy, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was, I was, I've had a somewhat similar journey where like I, I've been martingaling Eno since he came into the league entirely unsuccessfully. Uh, and I, this year I was like, okay, I'm out on Eno, like whatever. They had a chance to give him touches last year. They didn't do it. So I'd way rather bet on the new guy. And Keontae was a profile that interests me. And then they brought in Daryl and I was like, oh, okay. So, Eno like might not even make the team because he doesn't play special teams and they'll probably keep like Jonathan Ward or whatever. I was like, this makes it simpler. Um, and then all these beat reports and like, I need so little to get back in on, you know, like it's like one beat report was like, you know, Benjamin had a great camp. I was like, great, let's go. <laughs> like we're, we're drafting, you know, Benjamin. Um, I know. It's just maybe not I don't think I've even double checked the, he's the number two report. Like normally I'd be like, let me see like what was said. And is this legit? And I was just like, you know, the number two. Oh, sweet. I'm in. <laughs> like, yeah. well, plus like, it gives me an excuse to fade Daryl Williams, which I also like, yeah. would love any excuse to do that. Like, cause I, I think he's real bad. So I, I appreciate that. Let's look through some of the teams here. Um, if anyone that was in the chat specifically wants us to touch on your team, feel free. Um, I know uh, I know Boots has been especially active, and, and Ferris has been in here a good bit too. But we'll go through our team again real quick. So we went full on uh, zero RB. Uh, I'm glad that Pat and his guest appearance would, would play the hits with us tonight. Uh, so we go we go to Vontae Adams round one. We take Mark Andrews round two. I'm very interested in what this team would have been in the alternate universe where we do take Barkley and then Pitts mm-hmm. here. Um, probably like that team more, but I, I like how our team ended up anyway. We ended up getting Keenan, Waddle, Mahomes. This was probably the thing that ended up the best for us. We took the risk on unstacked Mahomes. He ends up becoming triple stacked Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we got Elijah, Tony, MVS, Sky Moore to complete our KC stack. We come back, correlate Elijah Moore, Ken Walker, get Alexander Madison in there, go Isaiah Spiller, Tyler Algier, value hound Tua in the 14th round, stacked with Waddle and with Sony Michelle. Higby comes back with our Chargers, then we finish out with Jarek, Sony, and and new 0RB target, uh, Flex Percat. <laughs> Running back who I have selected in the FFPC main event, to much to oh. my chagrin, Rex Burkett. <laughs> 
I still have one running back slot left to, to select someone in the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, might be might be Rex Burkhead, maybe. <laughs> Rex Ferris Burkhead says he's ready to be, coming. Ferris says he's ready to be yelled at. Um, oh, whoops. Um, I misclicked. There we go. Let's see. How do you what, feel about what do we got with? Oh, I just want to get your thoughts here. real quick on. Uh, we we got a triple stack with Mahomes, so we did not get a Denver bring back. How well? I don't like. How it. bad is that? Yeah, I think it's not great, um, but I also don't like. So I prefer to have a bring back for sure. I don't totally know what we could have done. Like we we never had a realistic shot at Javante. Um, we never had Judy. Like Judy would have been the same round as Mahomes anyway. Um, like after we took Mahomes, like what were we gonna do? Like I I don't really ever want to draft Tim Patrick. And then by the time that we got to Patrick and to Hamler, we had already taken seven wide receivers. I don't think we could have afforded to lose a running back on this build. Um, I think Albert O or Dulcich would have made sense. Um, Albert O went like well ahead of ADP at a part where I think we needed running back more. So really, I think the only realistic option that we had would have been Greg Dulcich, which like I think would make us feel better at night. But like, what are the odds that Greg Dulcich is actually an integral part of your week 17 stack anyways? Like probably pretty, pretty low. (laughs) Um, So yeah. Plus, we got Higby, uh, who's correlated with uh, right. our Chargers stuff. So, I guess here's the nice thing about it, in a sense, it's like, you know, if, um, you know, what if Casey just slaughters them, right? Right. And it's like, is that super likely? Probably not. It definitely happens in some world. What if like Russell Wilson is out that week, you know, and and they beat them like forty-five to ten against a backup quarterback, and then like you have all these Chiefs stacks, like realistically probably most of the teams that do have like have gone to the level of galaxy brain at least where they're like oh i need to take Mahomes with sky Moore and mvs and jerick mckinnon like those teams probably have broncos too if they're putting in that much especially the sky Moore ones i bet sky especially i would love to sky know like Moore ones sky Moore's like versus just mvs like the mvs uh mahomes right. correlations like like those like single stacks or double stacks with another guy probably have less Broncos than the more ones. That would be my guess. Right. I agree. So if you're looking at like the Mahomes sky more teams, like, okay, well then fine. If, if the chiefs just slaughter them, you know, then we have more bullets to make out the rest of our lineup than the Broncos teams. do. That's the story I would tell myself. Like I, I certainly, again, like I think that it's better to have Broncos, but I don't think it's like untenable to have one side of the stack, I guess is, is my thoughts on it. I don't either, and I wonder if like maybe we could get there if it's like Sutton or something. Like if it's kind of like you right. had like you really want this Bronco, but it's a Bronco that's like pretty tough to get with a big Chief stack. So it's like you need the Chiefs and Sutton. There might not be a big Chief stack with Sutton in that's week true. seventeen. So maybe it's like an expensive yeah. Bronco that's super hard to fit into those stacks. Right. I mean, that's certainly true. What if it's like they run for three touchdowns, Javante gets one and Melvin gets two. Like, I don't know. Like is like, is if Melvin gets, Melvin two, gets touchdowns two, that boots, and, that boot snipes going to hurt pretty bad. It would, but like, <laughs> I, I guess that's the thing too. Like there's such a high. So to me, it's like the bringbacks are almost more essential, even in like the smaller field stuff where like the bar is a little bit lower, like in right. a large field, if you're playing like a, if, I mean, this is still a small field GPP, but if you think about it in a 450 person DFS tournament, would I always include a Bronco with my MVS Sky Mahomes team? Of course. Is there like a pretty reasonable chance that my team gets there and it gets there with a Bronco who has like 18? 
like that's possible right mm-hmm. and so if that's the case like if uh, if like Sutton has 18 or Judy has 18 like it all kind of spreads around like I don't know why couldn't one of our guys like easily beat that right like I don't I don't think you're drawing yeah. dead to that like I don't think that for our chief stack to go off that like a Bronco has to have 25 so it would help right but I think it's less about like drawing dead as it's more just it lessens the amount of things we have to get correct which would be bonus but um it's not the end of the world right uh, so i, I don't I, know. I don't think it's the worst thing um how have you been handling these stacks like in terms of how much do you like to in your ideal world like do you prefer to do like a single with a bring back do you prefer these like triple stacks with multiple bring backs like what's what's generally been your rule of thumb on them so i think i'm trying to think about it a little bit in terms of the tournament to some extent um like on DraftKings, i've been doing their 20 dollar one which has a mm. 20 man week 17. It's just 20 people in the final. Right. So I think you can get a little bit more stacky there. Um, yeah. Like stack like eight guys. Yeah. Cause you're not going to need everybody. Um, no. You know, and it's just like kind of getting less things right. It's like a really small field GPP. You're basically need to win three super small field GPPs in a row in three consecutive weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think there you can go a little bit more correlation heavy. And then even in best ball mania, like I've experimented with getting like with over correlating a little bit. Um, and I like, if I'm going to over correlate, I'd rather like over correlate one team. Like I've done, I've done like Lance triples, which is like not mm. going to work uh, in one week, obviously, but like maybe the 49ers are like the offense that you kind of right. like, one of the key offenses, like basically everyone was a little underpriced because Lance is like better than we're thinking he's going to be as a passer. And then those guys are kind of rolling through the, the weeks to help get you there. And then like, maybe you need one or two in week 17. Um, but at least you have that correlation helping you get there. Where if like, you've just gone completely nuts uh, with like, I don't know, kind of like unstacked, you know, not bringing the quarterbacks along and like, and having a ton of Raiders as well. Right. That doesn't excite me as much. Although I have also done the thing where you go like big chief stack, big Broncos stack. Cause that yeah, at least feels that. like those feel like two offenses that could be completely mispriced to me. It's like, I love stacking the Broncos at their prices mm-hmm. and I love stacking the chiefs at the Broncos. I love yep. stacking the chiefs at their prices. So if I'm getting both guys playing each other in week 17, that's just like an added bonus. I don't think I would do that. Like yeah. with, I don't know. Like the Bills Bengals. Yeah. Or or you know, um, that's a good one. And then the LA bowl is so expensive yeah. as well. I I'm I really not doing you. that one much at all. I agree with you. I think Casey is uniquely positioned to be underpriced, like in general, and in a way that I don't think those other good teams are, right? Because like usually if I'm doing a massive team stack, I want to be betting on the offense to sur- surpass expectations as a whole. I don't want to be picking like if, I, if I'm trying to be picking like who is the guy you need from the team, well, then I, you know, I want to have a single stack, right? If I'm just trying to bet on the offense, like to bet on the offense, I kind of have to bet on an offense that I isn't already priced like closer to its ceiling. And yeah, it's hard for me with like the Chargers and the Rams because to me, it's clearly like maybe the, maybe the one exception would be the Rams backfield where I think there's like a lot of production there that's, that's, that's potentially priced below where it's at. But in terms of their passing games, it's like, okay, there's Cooper Cup, who's obviously incredible, but he's certainly not underpriced. Um, nope. A-Rob's a little expensive to me. Van Jefferson sucks. 
Um, and then I don't really mind Higby late, but he is what he is. Chargers, it's like Keenan and Mike are a really hard click for me at, at their prices. Yeah. Josh Palmer's the guy I probably draft the most, but I mean, like, I don't know, he's Josh Palmer. Like, he's not anything all that incredible. Everett is kind of just Higby on the other side of the game. Um, so it's it's tougher for me. And same with the Bills. Like, I don't actually, like, you know, like, Diggs is priced up. Gabriel Davis is priced up. Crowder might not make the team. Um, yeah. uh, like, I, <laughs> Crowder McKenzie thinks kind of wild. Like, McKenzie's a guy I'm getting late a fair him, amount. Yeah. Yeah, McKenzie like, Chris Evans stacks like are are in a high number of my builds. <laughs> That's another one. Josh is gonna lose his mind. I do that. Like, so he loves often. Chris Evans too. So at least such a good way to troll him, actually. Or at least Hayden okay. does. <laughs> oh, I do that on McKenzie like, Chris Evans. It's an uncomfortable amount of my teams where I'm like, oh, what game don't I have access to? Oh, I get Chris Evans and Isaiah McKenzie. We got that one covered. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> got it fully covered. Yeah. I, I agree with you though. I do I do less of it on those big games. Like teams that I do the massive stacks on, honestly, are like usually gross teams. Like I do mm-hmm. I, the two that I do the most are probably the Giants and the Jets, which feels a little gross. But like just with the Jets, it's because they're all young where I can see a world where multiple of them are better than we expect just as players. And then it makes the whole offense like it compounds the ceiling mm-hmm. where like you know, you're mentioning, and I think that that's probably the modal outcome where you're like, it's only going to be one guy. I guess my like other theory is like, okay, what if Zach Wilson's like just better than we think he is? Um, and I don't think that's necessarily likely, but if we like try to put ourselves in a tournament mindset, it's like, okay, what if he's actually just good this year? And then one of the reasons why he would be good this year is probably because Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore is a stud. And like, yeah. if one of them is a stud in and of themselves and Zach Wilson's better than we think, then they both push each other up. They both lift the offense up, which like, that probably is good for Corey Davis, who's super cheap. That's certainly good for Brees Hall, who's going to be the beneficiary of the rushing touchdowns. Like Tyler Conklin's literally free and he's going to start and CJ Ozama goes ahead of him for no reason. Um, and so, I don't know, I, I, that's like a team that I tend to stack a lot. And then the Giants is similar where you get an ambiguous situation. Like nobody knows how to handle the wide receiver depth chart at all. Like Tony's going pretty late. Galladay is going pretty late. Uh, Wandale's almost free. Daniel Bellinger, I think, is probably going to be their week one starting tight end, and he's literally Seems free. Like uh, Matt Breida's free, and he's the only other running back on the roster that's ever played in the NFL. Um, Barkley, you know, I really like at his cost. So that's a team where, like, okay, what if they just pass, like, 600 times, you know, and they, they run this really high pace team, and they're not even necessarily that great, but they just run, like, a fantasy-friendly offense, and you can draft all these giants and then they all surpass. Like I, I do some of that stuff, but um, I want to quickly like before one. we head off. Ferris Ferris wants to be yelled at, so we I will look at Ferris' team, oh, yeah. and you can decide to yell. So he starts with Austin Eckler and Joe Mixon. Um, you know, two two running backs, which you know really limits your opportunities. He gets Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, whenever you can draft a a guy catching passes from Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter in the third round, clearly clearly a good use of capital. He drafts Deontay Johnson. Uh, you know, clearly this is not a guy who's concerned about quarterback play. Um, you know, yeah, Kyle Pitts, Deontay point. Johnson. Uh, yeah. You know, Amon Ross, A. Brown. Amon Ra and um, Darnell Mooney. I mean, he truly yeah. does not care about quarterback Clearly not, not, he's not valuing. You know, the thing about best ball fair is, I don't know if you know this, but we want to be stacking good offenses, right? So that's that seems to be a leak in your game. Um Clearly, Trey Lance not even going to play this year. Got yeah, you drafted a backup quarterback. That's embarrassing. 
Brandon Ayuk apparently was, you know, worse than Ray Ray McLeod in camp, according to some guy named Jack Hammer. So, you know, that seems reliable. Um, <laughs> double stacking the Steelers, a curious choice. Uh, you know, oh, Ty- Tyler Boyd, despite having – oh, he does have Mixon. Okay, well, whatever. Uh, whenever you can draft the two shitty players in the Bengals offense, that's that's always a good move. Um, Jarvis, because <laughs> Tyler Boyd just wasn't safe enough. You know, you got to add in got to yeah. add in Jarvis. Uh yeah, Robbie Anderson again, quarterback play. <laughs> not a concern. He might retire. Uh, yeah, the quarterback Otherwise, play though, is a real concern for Robbie Anderson. Given, you, like, I know we talk about like you know the the various shower narratives and everything. You know, Levitan's made famous. Yeah. How about the blood feud narrative? Do we want that? Is, if the, <laughs> yeah. is the quarterback and wide receiver in a blood feud? Is that good <laughs> or bad? I think bad. it's bad. It seems bad. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure this is an unstacked Daniel Jones. That seems suboptimal. Um, Especially, even though Jared yeah, Goff he, he was available with Amon Ra, he could have done he could have done Goff with Amon Ra and Mooney. Come on, man. what are you doing? Uh, it takes Eno yeah. purely to spite us, which is just mean spirited. Um, and then you know Marcus Mariota, the Marcus Kyle Pitts Eno backdoor stack. I actually respect that quite a bit, as gross as it is. Although I think Marcus Mariota is drawing like 0% chance to be starting in week 17. Yeah, I just do pick it, dude. You already stacked the the uh, Steelers. You got a double stack of the Steelers. Would you do Pickett or Trubisky? I actually, I prefer Trubisky. If you if it's a third quarterback, I'd rather do Pickett because I'm playing for week 17. Trubisky is very so I, bad. I, I think Trubisky is more alive to start week 17 than Pickett. That's my stance. Really? I think Trubisky I, I think is it's, the whole year. Oh man, that's such a tough scene for the Steelers. Pickett's the only thing that you can Pickett's say for Pickett really is that bad. he's pro ready. Yeah, I just think he's he not might be pretty good. bad. I don't know. I think <laughs> Trubisky's fine. Okay, here's here's a team that here's a thing I'd love to get your thoughts on actually. So, uh, it it makes you feel gross, not just because how bad Trubisky is, but because of like the moral quandaries. Um, the way I've been I've been thinking a lot about how to attack this Deshaun Watson situation while it looms in the air especially before his value rose up. And what I landed on was that my favorite way to do it was to take one quarterback in the first eight rounds and then take, you can't get him as late anymore. But then I was, I was taking Deshaun in round 17 and Trubisky in round 18. Um, with my thought being like, I get Trubisky is an early season, has good weapons, runs a little bit. And then when he stops starting, if he stops starting, you end up doing it with, then Deshaun comes in. And what I'd often do is like, I build in this, Raven stack. Actually, I have like, I think two of the same team, right? I have like a Lamar team with Deontay and Mark Andrews. And then I have Trubisky on the other side and, and then building Watson later. Have you taken any Watson? And and if so, how do you take Watson? I took him a little bit before the indefinite suspension stuff started to get pretty loud. And I guess like I probably should have taken more of them during this period before his price rose up. But I'm not, I'm not taking him at the new cost. I'm not, I don't know. Part of it's like, I, I think the cost like doesn't matter to me until it gets like material. Like, I don't know. It's like, he yeah. went from like what round 18 to round 15. Like to me, it's like, if he, if he was going to be a hit at round 18, then he's a hit at round 15. Like what's really the difference, I guess. That's fair. It's, there are a lot of quarterbacks in this 15, 16 range that like feel pretty solid. Obviously Deshaun Watson plays and he plays at the end of the season he's going to smash like Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson, but it's just like, I don't know, man, I'm struggling with it. Cause like, it's also, I would love to, to win this thing without Deshaun Watson. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> It'd be yeah, nice like that's, to not need Deshaun Watson. My so my goal, like I originally like originally my lean was like he's gonna miss the whole year. And I think that was like yeah. a bias enforcing lean where I was very much like kind of like what I said about AJ Brown, but this in like a more moral sense where I'm just like I would prefer if Deshaun Watson does not play this year or like ever. Um and so, you know, it was just easier for me to be like, that's a good bet. And then he plummeted down the draft board. I was like, okay, I guess I was right. Um, you know, good on me. Um, and then when this other news came out, I was like, man, like, should I really have zero? Like, if I'm trying to play to win. And then, yeah. like, I don't, I certainly, I'll say this, like, just morally, like, I don't want to be overweight. Like, I just, I just don't, like, want to be rooting for him particularly. But I was sort of thinking, like, how do I get to, like, 6 to 8%? just so I'm not like dead if he does play. And then how do I like try to do it smartly? And like where I kind of landed was I, I want to stack the crap out of the entire team, right? Because if he plays more games than we expect, it's not just he's underpriced. It's Cooper's right, underpriced everybody. and Joku's underpriced, Bell's underpriced. Like, so I want to just like slam the Browns all the way down. And then it's like, okay, I don't like, how do I do this? Like, I don't really want to draft him in a two QB because I think even if he does pay off, he only plays half the season. Um, and like, do I then want to do him in a three QB, but with two crappy quarterbacks? Like, not really. So that's that's why I kind of ended up on this Trubisky thing. Um, but that's more time than I need to devote to Deshaun. Boots wants an eval. Boots, he really wanted to be us. He he saw us doing the cool zero RB thing. He did it, but he he ultimately crashed one round earlier than we did. Um, didn't have the strength for it. Takes Jamar Chase one five. <laughs> Congrats, he followed he followed the ADP. Um, yeah. He takes takes Mike Evans like a true boomer. Um, you know, DJ Moore. Okay, that's actually a nice correlation. Uh, you know, Gabriel <laughs> Davis as Javar Chase. Uh, that's also a nice correlation. Uh, he takes uh, Judy with Russ, takes Devonta. Um, unfortunately, I, I do like all these picks. <laughs> to this point. Yeah, they're all good picks. That's uh, the problem yeah. with this team. Oh, and that's then he good. takes Alave and correlates with oh, hang Devonta. On. So his first eight picks are all correlated together. Oh no! I thought he took Ceh and Rojo together, but he took Chase Evans. I misread that. Then he takes uh, Chase Evans, who you know that's fine. He's not going to play the goal line work, so you know, really, really a wasted pick. Uh, he could add Sky Moore as his bring back, which is always preferable. Well, this actually Moore. we can criticize him on. Did did he get another Chiefs bring back, or is it just Rojo? Uh, yeah? You got he he just got Rojo, I think. Unless so Daryl Williams legacy. <laughs> I mean. Unless you're just betting on the the Broncos to just come back from a massive deficit, Rojo's not the piece that you want. Like if it's a shootout, you probably. know, probably not going to be a Rojo script. Rojo's gonna Rojo's gonna be getting touchdowns while they're up. So maybe, but it's a little bit of a thin. I mean, I think you could include Rojo there, but I'd love to have like a Hardman or you know right. whoever else tacked on. So you blew it. This is you this is probably it. way too galaxy brain. <laughs> But, like, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about who are guys that are cheap that could leverage off of a game where it's, like, that's the only guy taking a game and it kills the game, but I get points out of it, and Rojo's top of the list for me. Where it's, like, that's a guy, like, if it's a Rojo game, then it's probably a bad game, like, for the Broncos and for the rest of the Chiefs, like, if Rojo has three touchdowns. Um, Quickly finishes out here. He gets Melvin, which, you know, was was honestly a personal attack. Takes mm-hmm. Damian Pierce, who's Rex Burkhead's third string backup, which you really hate to see that. Um, Flamus, that's fine. This is actually the one thing I don't like about his team. If I go zero RB, like that committed to zero RB, I really want an elite tight end. I don't know if he could have done it. Yeah, he could have. I would have taken George Kittle over Gabriel Davis, I think, probably. Um, but I can or see Waller. thinking that Kittle or Waller. Or Waller. Do you prefer Kittle or Waller? That'll be the last thing I, I tend to take Waller first because 
uh, just the, if I'm going to get Waller, I need to take him ahead of, of Kittle. And Kittle, you can sometimes get in the mid to late fifth. So I'm getting plenty. Yeah, I, I, I get a lot of Kittle. He's the guy I actually would prefer if they were the same cost, but I tend to agree with you. I take Waller first because I have to. The other thing, too, is like I just like more 49ers than I like Raiders. Like, I don't, yeah, like I, I'm quite comfortable taking IU because the last stop. Um, and I'm even pretty comfortable taking TDP. I don't want to take Renfro or Jacobs like ever if I can avoid it. And so I know with Waller, it's like if I want a Raider on a given team and I don't take Waller, I'm probably not taking a Raider until Kenyon Drake in round 18. Um, so that, that yeah. certainly makes things difficult. Um, Pat, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, this was, this was a, a blast. I think we have hopefully a $2 million team. Um, I'll make sure to, to send you a nice little PayPal. We don't have Venmo, of course, in Canada. Uh, but I'll make sure to transfer over half your, half your million dollars. Um, where can people find you if they don't already know? And what do you got working on? Uh, yeah, uh, NBC Sports Edge. Uh, Going to have uh, all my writing is over there. So you can check that out. I'll have some good stuff coming out soon on Best Ball. And uh, we're also doing on a good football show right now, a series where we're talking to beat reporters. Uh, on Mondays, so those have been really fun. They just had one out today. Uh, there was a really good a couple weeks ago. Greg Allman was talking about how Rashad White's the already the number two running back there, which obviously got my ears to oh. perk up. Someone I sure listened to that. And I White. was like clapping. I was like, "Yes, let's go!" <laughs> you love to see it. Uh, so that that series has been awesome. Uh, we have team previews rolling out every day on NBC Sports Edge uh, and ship chasing Wednesdays at nine fifteen. We are in the heart of draft season. We have a main event going right now with me pete and ben we're rolling out mini episodes we're recording while we're on the clock so you can hear us like those aren't sometimes they're like after the fact as we review but then we always kind of time it up as we've got a decision coming up and like Hmm. we don't know who we're picking like you're hearing us actually discuss what we should do in our main event draft uh so i think those end up being pretty fun discussions I love it. Um, I always listen to a lot of the stuff that you do and really appreciate your analysis on things. So that's always great. Uh, make sure to check out everywhere you can find Pat. You can find me on Twitter, FF underscore RTDB. You'll find me back here tomorrow on the same channel with Tom Billy for the Full Tilt uh, Dynasty podcast. Uh, you can find me on Dynasty Intervention or in the offseason, usually more like Fantasy Intervention come summer uh, on Wednesday. And then uh, I think we'll be streaming. I'm not 100% sure actually if we'll be streaming this or we'll be doing a pod about it afterwards. So stay tuned to my Twitter, but uh, we'll be doing a Football Guys main championship on uh, FFBC with Josh Larkey on Friday. So that'll be fun and we'll have some write-ups coming out on that. Otherwise, um, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks to Pat and we'll make sure to see you probably uh, next week um, out here for Best Ball Stuff. Uh, Have a good one.